Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they are all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome the superintendent of Estacada School District, Ryan Carpenter, back to our show. If you missed our last episode, go back and listen to number 97 to hear my first interview with Ryan. You won't want to miss that. So I'm so glad Ryan is here today and uh, we'll get started with uh, connecting with Ryan. Ryan, thank you for joining us again today to tell your story and the district story about the the leaders that work around you and, and the teams that you build in the Estacada School District. We want to dig a little bit deeper. So again, welcome today. Well, thank you so much for having me back. It's always a privilege to be able to be with you and share our journey with school districts. And I look forward to talking a little bit more uh, in conjunction with what we talked about last week uh, in an effort to help our viewers and listeners as they start this journey with student education. Sounds great, Ryan. So last week you talked about how you started applying the evidence-based leadership framework. And as we dig a little, little bit deeper, let's focus on the scorecard. You know, the scorecard process, it's part of the framework. Um, where have you seen improved results? I know you've created a scorecard. I know you talked about you really focusing on, you know, some specific results and wanted to, you know, to start simple and slow in that first year. But where, um, where have you seen some improved results? And um, can you provide some examples of these results. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I appreciate you saying to start slow because we really wanted our first year to, um, with with the guidelines of starting slow to go fast and building good fundamentals inside our organization that will ultimately allow us to accelerate uh, our performance uh, in the years to come. And so we introduced scorecards uh, in the first year, really about three or four months into our journey was when we started talking about scorecards after we did a visit to Menominee Falls. And we had the opportunity to see what that looked like in action uh, and how it can inform uh, not only our evaluations, but also how we can just be better evidence-based leaders. Uh, And so because it was our first year and we had just introduced them, we decided as a team that our scorecards in year one were going to be primarily for practice. So this year, it was not a part of the evaluation. Uh, It was more of an opportunity for us to hardwire the behavior uh, and practice having scorecard conversations, A, from a supervisor standpoint. So leaders would speak with me, their superintendent, uh, and we would practice those conversations and and practice the feedback of how we could be better evidence-based leaders. Uh, But also we started the practice of sharing out our scorecards in front of the entire leadership team. And that was really to develop some vulnerable conversations and to get used to having being willing to share our data and share our scores of how we did in that process without any repercussions or without any, you know, anything high stakes involved. We just really wanted to hardwire the behavior. And so that was a really good thing for us. And uh, the other thing that we made sure to do is we wanted to post our scorecards publicly. And so each and every one of our leaders who had a scorecard put it on their website. And again, the whole reason for the scorecards is not only to demonstrate what we did, if what we did made a difference, but at the end of the day, this is how we hold ourselves accountable to our community. And so we wanted to make sure that those were visible and transparent for all to see so that our community could see the goals we were striving for 
and the progress that those were making. So that was really the, the primary focus of our scorecards in the first year. And because though we were focused on people first, this is where we saw the greatest gains in year one of our scorecard, really in employee engagement and service. And so we did uh, rollout events. Uh, we focused on our action plans. And the cool thing about utilizing the Studer surveys with employee engagement and service is there's tangible scores. And so we had the opportunity to make goals on those tangible numbers and then be able to look at if our actions actually moved those specific numbers, which is a lot trickier to do when you're talking about student engagement and you're picking you know, a state testing score and you're trying to somehow match those apples with oranges. This was a great place for us to start because the numbers were there and we had the opportunity to incorporate our stakeholders in the creation of those goals. And that led to some deep and great conversations when practicing our scorecard routine this year. Yeah, you know, it's a couple of things that you said, Ryan, that that just that stick out with me. One is I love that you kind of did a practice round, you know, with yeah. your scorecard. And, I, and what I found is that just having results and having the results in front of you and, and sharing those results builds its own form of accountability, right? It's not even, it's not even people think it's bad accountability, right? Sometimes accountability has that negative connotation, but it really is about here. We're trying to get those results. We're having the right, the other thing that you talked about, we having the right conversations around that data. And so, you know, the accountability is really more of a friendly type of accountability. That's what I found. I don't know if that's what you found you know, in that scorecard process. Yep, absolutely. And I felt like we were able to develop deeper uh, relationships with deeper conversations because it was about the conversation. It wasn't about the number that came at the end. It was all about how are we working together to get there? And it's a shared ownership conversation. And so, you know, as the superintendent, if one of my administrative leaders or directors uh, is struggling through the process, that's also my obligation to help and serve and support them. And so it was really through these conversations that allowed some of our leadership development to truly blossom. And that includes me as a superintendent. I became a better leader through this process. I felt the same way as in my leadership, you know, Ryan, over the years, you know, it's amazing. We practice the same things that we do with our partners. And I just, every year, every time, every year I grow more and more and more. I appreciate the conversation about the scorecard. And, and I know that you have very specific ways that you've achieved those results, but I'd like to turn a little bit to you, you know, cause I just really respect you as a leader and, yeah. and, um, you know, you're, you're courageous and you're bold. I mean, you have, uh, I always, it takes, Takes a courageous and bold leader to do this type of work. You just talked about putting transparent results on your website and having conversations about them and engaging with people. And that's not an easy thing to do. And it's not an easy thing to lead other people to do, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, you are courageous and bold, and I, I know you've learned a lot about yourself as a leader. Um, would you, would you share, you know, areas where you think you've professionally grown and as, as you've worked on with your team this past year, you know, what about, what about your areas of growth? Yeah, well, uh, thank you, first of all. It's very nice of you. And, uh, and I've got a great team uh, who's also courageous and bold. So it allows me to feel more confident in being more bold. Uh, and, and I'm very appreciative of the team that I get to spend my days with every day. One specific example that I think uh, can kind of talk about how I've professionally grown a little bit uh, is really referring back to the COVID crisis and, uh, and our ability to try to lead a distance learning format. But not just, you know, a lot of school districts put 
supplementary work out there, we really wanted to keep the learning going uh, so that we could prepare our students for the next grade level. And this story I'm telling you today is actually a fail, which is the best part about improvement work, right? When we talk about failing forward, I'm going to share with you something that was awesome that ultimately didn't work the way we had intended, but it's setting us up so much better for the future. And so during our distance learning time, we changed our pillar goal. We talked about scorecard and goals, and we were so focused on, you know, the Oregon State assessments, which we take SBAC in the state of Oregon. And so when they canceled those, and we were disappointed in that because we'd worked so hard to really, you know, do well in those scores. And so we changed our pillar goal to make sure that all students demonstrated proficiency in the essential learning standards during the distance learning time. And so we started to aggressively develop uh, some action strategies to make sure that kids, regardless of their internet connectivity, their social emotional status, uh, their economic status, that this school district was going to go above and beyond to serve all of our kids. And so we put together a best in class document in an effort to have those core values still drive uh, what we wanted to offer to our community. We did daily huddles. And really, this is where our leader rounding just accelerated because as principals were trying to lead our teachers, we were really trying to gather as much evidence as we possibly could to support them and their action plans, as well as to try to accomplish our team goal, which was to get all students to demonstrate proficiency. Um, and so our goal was lofty, but it was 100% of students to demonstrate proficiency in those essential learning standards. Uh, and we had two buildings who made it over 80% of students during the distance learning time had demonstrated proficiency in those standards. Uh, and we had two other buildings that didn't uh, quite make that. Uh, and so overall, the total district score was 60% of students demonstrated proficiency. And so again, we fell far short of our goal. But the great part about what we did was because we created a dashboard that monitored students uh, during this distance learning time. Every week we knew where kids were and we knew which kids needed support. Uh, but then at the end of the day, the great nugget that we were able to extract from this fail forward opportunity is that our next year's grade level teachers know exactly which standards kids have demonstrated proficiency in and which kids are short still and where they need to go. And so we believe we're going to start next year with an advantage because we can point where each kid is during this time. And that has just been a tremendous experience for our team as we work through this. And it was all using evidence-based leadership framework to, to do this work. Yeah, Ryan, that's a great story because I think you know, when we had, as you all went through with schools, you were learning and you were, you know, you were doing, you had to do something very quickly and just to have that goal and to really do the things that you need to do to track to that goal. You know, you learned a lot. And I, I, I'm saying to people that I work with now, we're not going to have that type. We're not going to have that. It's not going to be that again. When we go in, their expectations are going to be high regardless of the situation that we're in. So really nice work because I know you built confidence in your team to execute to achieving, getting closer and closer to achieving that goal. So really a great way to, to learn from the work. And that's what it's all about is to really build those goals to learn from. You and your team, again, have done such incredible work in a short period of time. So, you know, as we close in the last minute, what thoughts would you like to leave our listeners today? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, listening to podcasts like this is one of the best ways to just grow and develop as a leader. And I just, you know, encourage you to continue to be 
hungry for information and learn from others. That's how I'm learning as well. There's no playbook for what we're doing as leaders right now. And just want to thank you for being attentive and, and continuing to be a student in this leadership journey. I truly believe that Studer Education is doing something special right now in education. And really the Estacada School District feels lucky just to be with them on this journey. Because of our partnership, we've been able to collaborate with other great school leaders, no different than our listeners are listening right now to other great leaders across the country. You know, I've been able to build a strong bond with Corey Gala and the Menominee Falls School District. Wonderful the Appleton, Wisconsin School District. And I've also had some opportunities to share our journey, both at a national and state level. And so there are people out there who are trying this work and it is bold work and it really is making a difference. And so my advice for those who are listening today is to just jump all in. You know, how often do we see school districts who come across something like what student education is doing or to hear improvement science or evidence-based leadership and they make a determination that they want to pilot something or they want to just kind of dip their toe into it. And I would say that this work does not cater to that. In order to, in order to be successful in this improvement journey, you've just got to jump all in and it starts with the superintendent and you've got to go all in and you've got to start slow and you've got to just try to get your team to align to that same belief system. And I believe that you can do it. And there's a lot of people out there who are trying it as well. And they're all very happy to be open, to have these conversations, to help you through the journey. So uh, I just am thankful that I get the opportunity to share our story. We're only one year into it and there's a long way to go. So we're rookies too. So just start is my advice. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks. Um, thanks so much for the contributions you make to your district the contributions you've made to all of us. You know, we know you very well. You know, when we have conversations in our coaching team, you always come up as a best practice for us to share and learn from. We have coach development institutes. We, you know, have our own development so that we can get better. Uh, and you're always a, an example for the way that we continue to learn how to do our work. We're a partner in the process with you because I agree it, it takes right now our our profession and really needs for people to go all in so that we can provide the best for our families and the students and especially as we're in these uncertain times. Uh, you're a courageous and bold leader and just appreciate you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me on. As I think about some of the ideas that Ryan brought forward to us, there are a couple of things that or front and center in my mind. You know, one, we started out with the scorecard and he talked a lot about results and sharing data and transparency and a little bit about accountability. And so he also talked about, let's make this a practice year so that we get used to sharing our data and having conversations about that data. And he did it because it's something that connects back to his first interview, which was that he's really focusing on building those relationships. And so it's focusing on having conversations about the data. And by having those conversations, we're building relationships with each other. So it's a great way to look at how we become more transparent and accountable in our organizations. So instead of thinking about accountability, like we've talked about as a as sometimes something that is compliant oriented or, or, you know, sometimes what we think of as negative. Accountability, as I heard someone say at one time, is you can count on me. That's what it means. You can count on me. And the way that we share that data and that transparency and model what Ryan talked about is a way that we can 
can share with people how we can count on each other. And that's exactly what Ryan did with his team. So I hope you think this week about one way that you can, can rethink the way that you share information and engage in conversations with each other. As we leave today, there's something that Ryan started with last week when he said, you know, we're going to start slow. Uh, But I think you can see that the last thing he said today is we're going to be all in when we start slow. And so as we are continuing to move through the current times and there's so much unknown, every day, every day, we're all in, all in every day. Ryan is such a good example for helping us understand that. So I hope you go out today and really think about ways that you can connect with your people, build those relationships, and be all in. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and make sure you're subscribed. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great weekend.